Engineering management can be a lonely place. Welcome to Managers Club, where you'll find interviews with top engineering leaders and managers to help and inspire you. Listen to the real-life stories of successful and ambitious engineering leaders who are focused to lead their teams to bigger and better outcomes. This is Managers Club. Well, today I have uh, Lavanya Romney with me. Lavanya, thank you for joining uh, Managers Club today. Thank you. Thank you, Vidal. This is a great opportunity. I appreciate this. Uh, well, maybe we could start a little bit. Tell us about your background, maybe like what you do now, how you got into management. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I graduated from uh, India after completing my engineering from computer science in one of the uh, reputed colleges in India. And joined as a software engineer uh, in a services company. And after a quarter, realized that I wanted to work for a product company. So I moved from the services company to a networking product company and continued to work there uh, for about three and a half, four years. Later moved here and continued with the same company, which was headquarters, headquartered in the Bay Area. And continued to uh, grow uh, from an individual contributor uh, to, to a manager. So uh, it, it, was a, it was a great journey to move into management because I started understanding that I appreciate when there is a team around and I'm, I'm able to uh, bring out my best and uh, think that I'm able to perform at, the, at my optimal best only when I'm around my team. That kind of made me think whether I should move into management. So it was, um, it was one such opportunity which I wanted to pick up where I could start with a small team and uh, when I started working with a small team of about four engineers and delivered a particular feature for a particular product, we understood that it's a, it's a great feeling to be within, within the team. And it's very rewarding when you see what a team can accomplish by you being able to uh, course correct actions, uh, tell what's working, what's not working well, and how you are, um, how you're dedicating your time in a day to help people grow and uh, finding people their uh, blind spots in the team. So those were the things uh, which made me think let me move to management and I ended up in a management, right? Today I'm an engineering manager in Amazon and it's, it's a, it's a, that's, that's been a great journey so far. So uh, that's where I stand. Nice. Could you say a little bit more maybe like how you actually transitioned into management? So you, you applied to be a manager or you were selected or asked by your boss or how did that happen? A lot of people are yeah, how so to actually I've, become one. Yeah, certainly. So at one point of my uh, career, I had an opportunity, it was about four years ago, I had an opportunity to either grow into technical uh, leadership as an individual contributor or try to take management. And my director came and said, me, uh, said to me that Lavanda can do well in both, but I personally feel that as a person who likes to uh, work with the team, uh, it's, um, it would be awesome if you want to try the management path. And I said, certainly, that's, that's what is running in my mind as well. Uh, why don't I why don't I try uh, management? Uh, so he said, yeah, certainly, but you won't be starting with a big team. Uh, try to manage four people who are not going to be reporting to you uh, to start with, uh, but you deliver a project with them, thinking that you are the manager. And and these four people had um, varied experience. They were um, uh, one of the engineers was over 25 years experience in in the in the industry. Another was a new a new hire from college, and I had mid experience um, in in the in the industry uh, with two more people. With those four people with varied experience, with varied knowledge, 
age, um, it was an amazing learning uh, to how to lead a team, being part, being being that um, mentor, being the guide, being that um, leader, yet not actively managing them. So with that, um, I understood that um, we can deliver a project when everybody is coming in together and putting their best, giving their, um, uh, trying to unblock each other and trying to do something which is uh, towards a larger goal of uh, some better product. So if this happened, and after a quarter, uh, I went to my director again and I said, certainly, uh, I want to, you know, move into, um, I want to become their manager. And he said, yeah. And then he spoke to these four individuals and they were all okay to report to me. And then I grew the team from four to 12 and then to 15 and um, continue to deliver projects with that. So that was a transition. So it was uh, initially the first six months, it was all about uh, understanding what are the tips and tricks of managing a small team. How can you uh, how can you hire uh, while managing a small team? And once you have a consistent uh, number around 12 or 13, how are you going to keep the team happy uh, with a quality of um, good projects that's going to come in, quality of work that they are doing, and manage the technical debt at the same time? So yeah, so that that was the whole move to management and the learning from that. It's been four years ever since I've been a manager. Um, that's great. Uh, that's fantastic. Hey, transition. All right. What are the biggest challenges that you face as a manager? Uh, that's a great question, Viral. Um, the, there are many challenges that a manager faces. The biggest challenge that I face is to find the balance between retaining the top talent with extremely good technology, forward-looking features for the product, and managing the technical debt in the team. So as um, this is one of the biggest challenges that I always have faced, where a manager has to find that right balance of uh, getting those roadmap items ahead, how to get the top talent to work on the roadmap items, how to motivate the team uh, to believe that they are working towards um, a great product that is going to be that's going to be used by millions and billions of uh, people around the globe. At the same time, manage the technical debt. Um, because coming from an engineering manager, as a back, uh, from, coming from a background of an engineering manager, um, it is it is very easy to just accumulate the technical debt and nobody is looking at it. Uh, however, uh, the challenge there is to find uh, that balance where the technical debt is also being managed. And by technical debt, I mean uh, all the um, all the processes or all the um, uh, the, uh, the technical designs or the operations that we have done so far, uh, which is kind of coinciding or um, in, or have to be run in parallel with uh, with the forward-looking features. So as we com try to complete one feature and go to the next one, how are you going to that find that balance to still retain that feature, maintain that feature, the feature that you release, add these little bit more features, uh, mini features on top of it, yet look for something which is long-term uh, and keep the team motivated to do both. Um, that's great. You know, with regards to tech debt, I think it's something that a lot of managers um, have to deal with. So do you have a thing where maybe you allocate a certain percentage of your uh, capacity to tech debt, or you just try to address the tech debt as you go um, feature by uh, feature? Uh, we do actually about uh, 25 to 30% in any company, right? If you if you just take in any company, you, it's usually 35 to 40, or it varies between 25 to 40% uh, to address tech debt. 
uh, and uh, the 50% or the 60% of the work comes from the forward-looking features, uh, which is the shinier, the newer aspects of, of the technology. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. Could you share with us a lesson you've learned as an engineering leader? <laughs> this is a great question. Uh, one of the lessons that I have learned um, is to show uh, detached attachment. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great term that I learned from my mentor, uh, that as, a, as an engineering leader or as a leader, uh, one of the things that you have to do or you have to start showing is attachment towards your team, the product, the quality of the product, or the quality towards uh, making your team, um, uh, you know, deliver better or be very highly productive. At the same time, be detached about it. Uh, so this is this is a great lesson that I have learned, um, that it says that do not get emotionally attached, uh, but at the same time, think objectively. Uh, Right, try to try to make the right objective decisions. Do not um, try. Do not try to take hasty or fast decisions. Always take a step back. Look at the bigger picture. At, uh, try to control the emotions with respect to oh, what's going to happen if this uh, if this doesn't work in your way, or what's going to happen if this person leaves the team, or what's going to happen if the project gets deprioritized. All these take a step back. Get a bigger picture. Try to uh, detach your emotions towards it think objectively, and think towards uh, something which is more meaningful, something which is more long-term, something which is more complete, something which um, is towards uh, an end goal which is going to satisfy most of the conditions that um, that's going to make your team, the company, the product better. So that's one of the beautiful lessons that I have learned from, from uh, my journey so far, being an engineering manager. Uh, oh, I think that's fantastic. So basically you're saying like to step back to get perspective. So uh, yes. that's great. Yes. Could you share, what is your approach to hiring? Uh, certainly, yes. Hiring is an important day-to-day um, -day activity that an engineering manager follows in any team. And like everyone, I use LinkedIn. Uh, and one of the uh, important pieces in LinkedIn is to uh, say vocally and advertise that you are hiring. And uh, the way you can say that is when somebody sees a LinkedIn profile, on the job description you can say, I'm hiring for so-and-so engineers with these many years of experience. And this can attract a lot of um, candidates to send you LinkedIn uh, requests. And you can look at their, uh, at their profiles and their resumes and bring them over for uh, interviews. The other aspect of LinkedIn which m not many engineer, engineering managers may follow um, it's something called LinkedIn Recruiter Account. Uh, this is an account that most recruiters on LinkedIn have because a LinkedIn Recruiter Account enables you uh, to understand who uh, in the market is actually looking out to jump from their present position. So when you can send, a, send an email uh, to those uh, individuals, it, it becomes a lot more personalized uh, that they can see it is coming from an engineering manager who is looking for an opportunity uh, that he's, pre he's presenting to me and I want to come and join uh, that engineering manager's team. Uh, so it is, um, the LinkedIn recruiter account is a supremely useful tool that I, uh, that uh, has helped me a lot in hiring because you can send um, emails up to 1,000 people at, at the same time and knowing their background and their, uh, their 
uh, the, the current number years of experience, when and where did, when, did, when did they graduate, where did they graduate from, uh, what is the present profile looking like and get those uh, filtered out and then send them a very personalized email uh, which is coming directly from an engineering manager. So a candidate is more likely to respond uh, with an accept that they are accepting a conversation to continue and second the time taken to respond to an uh, to an invitation coming out of an engineering manager is much less compared to um, an, a, a recruiter. So uh, this is a super useful tool and I recommend it to every, every engineering manager to use it. That's my approach to hiring uh, and with this tool which can help everyone. Well, I, you know, LinkedIn obviously is a fantastic tool, so that's great. And I think the beginning, I'm glad you mentioned that. So a lot of engineering managers, they'll put in the title, right, like engineering manager, wherever, I'm hiring, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of what you're saying, put that in your own profile that you're hiring. Yeah, own, yes, 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 and use the LinkedIn recruiter account. So both, both these two things tips can, and tools can help us, yes. Uh, what would be your advice for managers, uh, you know, new managers who are just starting out? Um, that's again a very good question, right? Uh, one of the advices that I'll give to the new managers is take um, take life easy and take your career easy as it is not a linear journey. Um, this is something that I learned as well. And then I thought it's very easy. Oh, I'll become a manager in two years. I'll become a senior engineering manager. Then in two years, I can become a director. In two years, I can become a senior director. In two years, I can become a VP, followed by an SVP. I become a C-suite. No, if it, was uh, career, <laughs> if it was just that easy, right? A career is a non-linear um, journey and it's not a race. It's not a race where there are 100 people running and you're trying to get over others. It's a, it's a journey, it's a race that you have for yourself and on running on your own track, which is not shared by anyone else. And everybody's running their own races, so there is no winner at the end of it. Uh, so people who think, who just look at um, some somebody else who may be then better than them or feel better when somebody is not as great as them is perhaps the wrong way to look at your career. Um, your career is unique. It, it is balanced in every way um, when you think about it, right? You, you, it, it, it's a journey that you want to enjoy, not look at the end result all the time. Because if you look at the end result, you're going to miss out on the beautiful moments that you're going to leave out in this journey. And just perhaps never reach that end result, which 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 you know will happen because it's not a linear uh, progression at the end of the day. So uh, it's a journey where um, it's it's not a race. It's an overall journey that you want to enjoy and not look at the end result all the time. So this is how I would uh, this is the advice that I would give to all the people who are starting out. Um, take it easy, learn, and enjoy this journey as you go forward. Uh, I think that's a very wise and enlightened. Uh approach so that's that's really good that's really good um, I'm moving on to like day-to-day -day engineering manager life um, what's work day like how do you manage your time calendars email like all the things you have to do yeah so um, this was actually if I think of Monday to Friday, right, you start on a Monday it's pretty much you have because I have a family with I have two kids I have to drop them to school, my husband helps me here. Uh, it's, the day starts at actually 7, right, 6.45 or 6.30. You get up, you pack the lunch for kids, uh, my husband drops the kids to school, uh, he goes to his work, and I end up at work at about 8.30ish uh, or 9. 
and first thing to do is to check the emails check the latest instant messages that you have and um the day starts with uh, making sure that you have your most important standups in, in the in the earlier part of the day so if you have standups around your present project standups around previous uh, maintenance projects that you have or any other important uh, technical decisions let's have up in the first half of the day uh, because then engineers will get their time to work on the second half of the day whereas in the second half of the day it's mostly um about uh, one on ones making sure that i'm able to catch up with other uh, management related meetings uh, whether it is hiring or whether it is uh, the roadmap discussions that we have or whether it is trying to get the team to um you know for a team meeting or a biweekly sync up that we have around across uh, across the org so all that comes as part of the second half of the day one of the things that i do usually is if the two meetings are between like if you have a half an hour gap between two meetings i try to push the other meeting to to not have this fragmented calendar right because fragmented calendars are hard to do anything because you will you will go into a meeting you will attend that meeting you come out you get half an hour out of which 25 minutes uh, is pretty much what you have because 5 minutes you have to pretty much run uh, to to the meeting room and so on and attend the next meeting for the next half an hour so uh, i try to avoid fragmented calendars as much as possible try to push the technical dis- uh, uh, discussions and meetings and standups to the first half of the day and the second half of the day is pretty much the meetings with the team and with um one on one discussions or <coughs> excuse me or any other roadmap uh, discussions that we have the day usually ends by i have to leave at 5 because i have to go pick up my kids and then cook some food and so on and um the day ends with that so i usually do not um, work after 8ish or 9 because it's important that everybody sleeps around well you get a good night sleep and you are reju- rejuvenated in the on the next day emails uh, come to emails i have good ways to um divide the emails into different folders like any anyone would do because it's important that you have a good way to separate your emails the emails which are important emails which are to me emails which are cc'd emails to larger groups you have these folders set in the emails uh so that um uh, the right emails go into the right folder and you are able to look at the mail as and when you get them so that's usually how i manage my emails and and have the meetings around you also have i'm i'm also working towards a policy for no meeting day for my team um uh, this has worked in the past pretty much like half of the team feels it's not a great thing to not have meetings at all in a day whereas half of the team feels it's very subjective and we would like to have meetings um in a day so uh, that's that's one other um idea that we are trying to see whether we can have a meeting free day in a, in a week so this is how i manage my meetings on my and my calendar um that's great yeah you listed a lot of uh, things there yeah i'm actually putting together like a ebook on time management for engineering managers and these these things are really good like i also like to defrag my calendar um because mm-hmm. as you say with those little 25 minutes like what can you really do sometimes what's a personal habit that contributes to your success uh that's a great question because if we look at all the leaders whether it's top ceos of the company they have a they have their own personal habit which contributes to their success and it's a, it's a very relevant question uh one of the personal habits that i follow is to not look at my phone uh at my at work which is not look at any of whatsapp messages any of emails 
uh, any of any other social media uh, content on my phone uh, between my workers, including lunch. Uh, so I set uh, the notifications in a way uh, such that they don't pop up on my phone, number one. And second, I set the ring, uh, my ringtone to a full volume so that only important calls I'm able to pick. Otherwise, I do not look at my phone. So um, not even including office emails. Many people, many engineering managers, or many, many of us uh, look at the phone, including emails when we are having one-on-one -on -one chat. Or if you get those 10, 10 minutes off of those one-on-one -on -one chat, we, get, we immediately look, start looking at our phone. Uh, the other thing that we do is when we are eating lunch, and we look at our phone to catch up with um, some technology news or some social media news or something at work. Uh, this disrupts the face-to-face -face communication that you can have with your team. So not looking at your phone uh, throughout the day really helps. And however, you do not want to miss on important calls that might come to you. You still want to set it up the ringtone to full volume, but disable all other notifications of other apps. And uh, this has helped me. For example, um, I still remember during lunchtime about six to seven months back, uh, I used to be looking at my phone to catch up with some technology news. And uh, after that, I realized, oh, I'm not collaborating with my team enough. Then I started having one-on-one -on -one lunches with my team. And that was more personalized because um, I could talk not just about work with my colleague or with my peer or my direct report, uh, but instead know about them. Uh, you know, get to know about what they do on weekends, uh, where, where they travel for vacation, what are their likes and dislikes, that, what, what hobbies do they have. So that helped. And that strengthened the relationship um, at, an, at, an, at a workplace. So the personal habit that I follow is to not look at phones uh, at all throughout the day, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Wow, you're incredibly disciplined. Um, that's, that's great, <laughs> I would say. Uh, because, yeah, phones can be such a distraction, so... Um. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't like that, Vidal, to be honest, right? Um, it takes time, and, and it takes a lot of effort, constant effort. You have to be purposeful. Uh, you have to have other purpose in at work, in the greater purpose than just looking at your phone. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. I got it. So you're, you're doing it because you want to really be present, it sounds like, when you're having lunch or with anyone else, and not... Yes. So that's the and not thing. just get, yeah, not just get isolated somewhere, right? Don't just have a lunch alone by yourself. Instead, pull in your team member, you know, have have a chat with them. Don't look at your phone all the time. So, yeah. And, and by the way, I have to admit that this is not something that uh, has been like what, last two to three years. I've started this for the last three months or so and has been pretty, um, pretty good so far. Could you share... Is there maybe some internet resource or tool or app that you, you know, couldn't live without or that really helps you do your job? Uh, Wikipedia. Uh, this is one of those underrated uh, tools, uh, which I absolutely love and adore uh, for two reasons. Number one, it provides a comprehensive, extremely detailed knowledge at one place, rather than, rather than you trying to search uh, 50 sites and 50 links. Uh, this is that one stop for anything technical that I want to learn or anything even non-technical about people, about personalities, about about a country, about um, something, some other technology, something which is, uh, you know, about a product, which is which is a great resource. I cannot live without without Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, it, it's installed on my on my phone 
and uh, the app is installed and that is something that I keep looking at for learning various technologies because I belong to a cloud-based um, technology space which is constantly uh, just evolving and there are so many players in there and you want to learn about these new uh, emerging technologies and one-stop shop is Wikipedia. You just immediately go to Wikipedia and learn about all the technologies and not just that, you can also learn about the foundations of how this technology emerged because one Wikipedia page leads to another uh, just like any other Google page would do and um, it, it keeps me abreast of uh, the technology and the foundations and the principles that they should split. Uh, so Wikipedia is super useful and uh, the other tool of course is Google, right? Um, without Google it's, it's hard to you know understand where and how uh, the information is getting um, uh, getting channeled or getting separated in a uh, in an in a, in a, so All right. those are the two yeah okay yeah oh Wikipedia fantastic yes I'm um, I agree there's like so um, you, you so many things you can find there yep if uh, so speaking of information then if you could recommend one book to managers what would it be and why. I read this beautiful book actually from Kim Scott. She uh, she wrote this book. Kim, uh, she wrote this book called Radical Candor. It's it's a great book. Uh, it's written by Kim Scott, and she's a success coach uh, to various companies uh, like uh, CEOs like Dropbox and Twitter and Google and Facebook. And this 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 book is just so beautiful because it talks about what why it is important to be transparent at work. Because as a leader, your communication has to be very clear for your team to be most productive. And this book brings out the best of uh, how to communicate clearly, crisply, uh, and in a non-embellished uh, way or in a non-flowery way to your team because your team is looking for constant feedback uh, and the team is also looking for straightforward, honest feedback with your team. I, I agree. That's a fantastic book. And I think it also has uh, a good section on career conversations too, um, yep. which is very useful. What is your approach to mentoring and coaching members of your team? Perhaps you know career development. Uh, that's a, again a great question, Vidal. Um, one of the specific examples I'll take is how did I groom or mentor an individual under me to take more of manager responsibilities, and how did she actually grow to become a manager now? And um, this is a fascinating real life experience that I went with her uh, because she expressed interest that she wanted to become a manager and I wanted to develop her uh, to start taking some of those managerial responsibilities. Uh, so the first uh, thing I did was uh, to set up the right ecosystem for her to, to succeed, right? Uh, and that comes with, um, uh, with understanding that person's, um, you know, behavior towards other people and how does she approach a specific problem? How is she reacting to a specific problem? Uh, is she taking into consideration all the uh, common cases uh, for a project to succeed and so on? And then uh, think of a plan that you put, put in your mind that in the next six to nine months, I want to see her uh, take up a role of an engineering manager uh, with a small team to start with. So uh, once I set up that uh, right ecosystem for her, then the second thing I do is to take a step back and let that person handle day-to-day uh, -day responsibilities that uh, the person is responsible for or you know is capable of. 
and that comes up with um uh, with specific challenges that the person has to face on his own or her own um and the way she did it in my in my case is um we used to face um, uh, challenges in our projects uh, to keep up with the momentum uh, for incoming customer requests as well as maintaining the the current um, uh, you know current number number of issues in house issues and instead of uh, me giving her ideas i told her why don't you come up with a plan of how would you you know go ahead and fix them and i was surprised that she came up with like four or five different ideas and that was completely different than what i was thinking so sometimes it is important for you to take a step back and give the room to the person so that the person can grow uh and face the situations on his own uh, on a, on or her, on her own and um the next thing that i did uh, was uh, a specific example i can give is uh, i deliberately didn't attend a few meetings and let that person handle those meetings completely on her own and uh, first after the first two to three iterations she became much better in handling meetings and then i used to of course have an offline chat with her and the team members as well as to how did the meeting go what are the various points of improvement so the takeaway here um vidal in my opinion is uh, to give the person a chance by um making that person responsible for owning things and taking a step back let that person face those situations let this person face those challenges and see them as opportunities but always have their back um you know always support them or they can to succeed in their role and that's my approach to developing others and uh, coaching others and mentoring others to take up a bigger challenge in their life and in this example it is um my own um direct report who who my groom to become a manager in my team i hope i have answered the question and let me know if you have any further clarifications on that no i think that's a great example and that's a scenario that uh, i don't think anyone's covered yet uh on managers club of growing some, one of your direct reports into a manager so i think that's really great how you gave these examples of you know letting her run the meetings and intentionally not coming to them so i think those are very helpful so a great a great example thank you cool thanks vida well this is great i really uh you've been really generous with your time and i appreciate you uh coming on uh managers club to share to share this uh, information with everyone. Where can people go to learn more about you if they wanted to reach out to you or ask you questions or anything? Uh they can reach out to me at LinkedIn, uh, right? LinkedIn is a I I'm always using LinkedIn because I have to reach out to people, talk to them and so on. So you can reach out for me in LinkedIn. That's that's the best way to fastest way to reach. Yeah, LinkedIn is great. I will put a link in the notes of your profile so people can reach you. Well, thank you again so much. You've been great. It's been really great to have you here. So, thank you.